Hey. Welcome to the unlucky episode of the Q to Q podcast, episode number. I forget. 13. It's 13, Ben. Isn't 13 lucky? Depends on who you ask. Well, I always thought 13 was lucky. So let's go with it. Sure. The lucky or unlucky episode of Q to Q. We'll see where it goes and we'll decide later. Oh boy. Anyway, if you don't know us by now, my name is Becca. I'm Ben. And we are your hosts on this magical journey, which we call Q to Q. We are Q and Q. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And we're doing great. Um, We'll just skip the formalities this week. It was a week. It was, you know. Nothing happened to me, really. Yeah, it worked a lot. Work. Um, So... In the last week or two weeks, I guess, a lot of the amusement parks have announced that they are going to be opening with new COVID-19 health precaution guidelines. Um, Universal is opening next week. Actually, might be it opens tomorrow, which is Monday. Today is Sunday. Tomorrow, June 1st, will be open for team member previews, then annual pass holders, the third and the fourth, and then Friday being the open to the public with limited capacity. So they open this week and all of the amusement parks slash theme parks have come up with kind of like a standard of what they're all going to be doing for precautions and things like that. So what I've, I've, I've come up with a list of those standard items, which is going to be face coverings, distancing, contact pay- contactless payments, like an Apple Pay of some sort, mm-hmm. um, temperature screenings and extra hand sanitizer or cleaning. Um, like washing your hands and things as you go along. Um, but with that, SeaWorld is going to be opening June 11th, hopefully. I don't. I know SeaWorld in Orlando has been approved of this. I don't know if Bush Tampa has been approved because Bush Tampa was also hoping for that same date. But as of now, uh, the city of Tampa has not approved of that. Okay. But Orlando has approved SeaWorld. So some of the extra things that they've decided to do is no maps. No maps. So like no paper map. You know what? I'm in favor of it. Save the trees anyway. Yeah. And, and, and basically they've said that the app, the map is going to be available in their, the SeaWorld app. Exactly. I think a lot of people are just going to be looking at apps from now on. <laughs> anyway. Right. Um. The animal interactions will account for distancing. So from what I could read, they were going to eliminate the touch pools, like things that you physically will touch. But I think that they're still planning on doing things like feeding and stuff. Like okay. being able to feed seals and sea lions, but I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah, uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that one, I think. This one was very interesting to me that SeaWorld is planning on keeping parades. Oh. Um, basically, what they, they said they were going to do was they were going to make social distancing guidelines, like little boxes for each family to stand in so that they could be separated from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there are some parts of parades that like you get to like t- give your favorite character a high five or give a street performer a high five. Um, cause I know that they have a Sesame street parade specifically is the like most popular one over there. Okay. Um, and that is going to be eliminated. So there's going to be no, like, that makes sense. Street performers coming to give you a high five or dance with you or something. Oh, like right. That. And that's just kind of a given. 
Yep. And all of these things will be on top of, like we said, the standard of what pretty much everywhere else is doing. Yeah. I've never seen a SeaWorld parade. I've been going there for years. It looked really cute. The costumes are really fun because it's, it's on Sesame Street because they just opened Sesame Street in SeaWorld. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, which I want to go to because it looks really fun. <laughs> yeah, I would go. Let's, let's check it out. Let's check out SeaWorld Sesame Street. Let's go. First vlog. SeaWorld. It's Sesame Street at SeaWorld. We're just going to hit like all the, the kid parks and like you know, Storyland when that opens up. And... I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> watch these these 20 somethings drunkenly stumble through all of the kids parks and try to get on the jungle gyms that we're way too big for <laughs> be a great time what is the what is the place in, in this is small tangent here uh what's the place in storyland that is like the lab that has all the balls and the oh it's um what's it called uh it's Doctor some oh god, uh Loopy Lab. I forget who the doctor is, but it's the Loopy Labs. I spent hours there. Mm-hmm. It's I think I would still spend hours there if the chance arose. <laughs> yeah, oh it's great. <laughs> it uh, used to be uh the peanut ride, and I was I'm too young to remember that, but that was like my family's favorite attraction there, the, and then they closed it to make the, the Loopy Labs. The peanut ride? What does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it was, it was the peanut ride. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it our next video. Yeah. Whatever happened to the peanut ride? To the peanut ride at Storyland <laughs> in Glen, New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, that's why there's like a a tube thing. I think it was like originally some kind of like launch to the moon type ride. When I say the peanut ride, I'm not actually sure if that was the official name or if that was just my family's name for it. Again, way before my time. I just am telling anecdotes basically. <laughs> This is lovely. Maybe uh, it was Voyage to the Moon. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure. Well, we'll figure it out. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. I'll call Storyland myself. And Someone's gonna call me them. an idiot on the comments and be like, "What's the peanut ride? Dumb, dumb." <laughs> yeah, all the Storyland fans out there. Hey, there's at least one, and it's me. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God, we're gonna. I'm gonna get you a Storyland's number one fan shirt. Thank God, I've needed that for years. Anyway, would you like to say the next bit of news? Um, oh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, Disney. So for Disney's opening, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom will be opening July 11th. That's my roommate's birthday. Whoa. Yeah. Happy birthday to your roommate on July 11th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then um, for Epcot and Hollywood Studios, that opening date is going to be July 15th. So... That's interesting. Mm. And I I know 100% it's just to gauge guest behavior. Yeah. Because the footprint of Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, as far as like guest areas, is much bigger than Epcot and, and Hollywood Studios. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I, it's just very interesting that they're not... I think it's weird that they're not opening Hollywood Studios right away because they just opened two e-ticket attractions. Um, I think they're more concerned that people are going to try to flock to it. That's fair. And I didn't consider that. It is a smaller that. park. So I definitely think they want to, let's face it, like I don't see a lot of people planning their vacations around Animal Kingdom as much as I love Animal Kingdom. It's just like not the one that you hear about as much. So 
they're going to try to like figure it out in that few days beforehand. And then they will bring people into, you know, the more spacious Epcot and Hollywood studios. Cause it, it seems like they're going to open one, you know, high volume park and one lower volume park each time, which I mean, not to, not to trash talk Epcot, but I feel like Hollywood studios is going to bring more people when they open. Well, just because of those e-ticket attractions. But I don't know. I th- I actually I would love to do the numbers on what what their two most popular parks are because I remember when I was living down there, the annual pass actually had us blocked out of Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom on Christmas Day, but not the other two. Cuz don't they have special events? Not on Christmas. Not well, Magic Kingdom, yes, but um not at Animal Kingdom. It's just Animal Kingdom. I, that's why I'd love to do the numbers or see the numbers on, like, what is their highest. I mean, obviously, Magic Kingdom is their highest attended park in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to see, based on the other two. That's why I think it's actually the two higher attendance ones, the two more popular ones that they're opening first and then followed by the other two. I'll be interested to see, but that's a long time from now too. Like, I think that's very interesting that like Universal jumped right to next week or this coming week tomorrow and uh, SeaWorld same suit of like within two weeks and, and Disney is taking a break for a second and being like, no, 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 let's see how this plays out, see how they're going to do it and see what we can like. That's what I think it's, I think they're going to let the other parks open and see what they're doing and then try to, fix that or learn from it or adapt and and let's be honest that's the smartest idea i think so um one of them had to lead like i'm not knocking universal for choosing choosing to go first but you you do have to one of them had to go first you know yeah no absolutely i i think it's smart of disney to let someone else be the guinea pig well i also i i kind of also think that disney looked at how CityWalk went versus how Disney Springs went and went, mm, maybe we're not ready yet. True, true. So these are just some numbers I pulled up. This is magicguides.com. Um, sure. So these numbers are a little dated. They're as of 2018. Magic Kingdom had about 20,850,000 annual guests. What a uh, Epcot had 12,440,000 guests annual guests. Hollywood Studios had 11,250,000 and Animal Kingdom had 13,750,000. So So Animal Kingdom is coming in at a strong second, so you were right. So I guess from those numbers, they're just opening the two most popular ones. Do I get bonus points? These aren't a little dated, but yes. (laughs) QDQ bonus. What if we kept kept track of points through this whole thing? I feel like we have to leave that up to the fans. Yeah, you guys keep track. Steve, this is Steve and Steve. Sean. My new and friend, Sean. my my friend Sean also listens every week. Steve and Sean, this is your responsibility starting now. Keep you are to keep track of all of the points on the QDQ podcast. <laughs> all of them. Every single one. I expect you to report back every week. But yeah. So when did we see Galaxy's Edge open? That was that was 2019, right? That was last year. Yeah. So. Those numbers, I think those numbers are going to change a bit this coming year. But, you know, we'll see. 
I don't know because there are there are plenty of people who aren't Star Wars fans. Also, That's you true. had how many annual pass holders blocked out of Hollywood Studios for how um, long? I mean, depending on your annual pass, because the one the pass that I had, there were no blackout dates. Um, yeah, but anything under the top tier had blackouts. Well, yeah, but anybody who's out of state has to get the top tier. <laughs> Is that true? It was true for me. I don't know if it's true for everyone. But I wasn't oh, allowed I to purchase I'm, anything else. I think I'm different because I'm Vacation Club, but whatever. Yeah, Vacation Club might have their own. But anyway. <sighs> anyway. Um, digress. So, some of the stuff that Disney's doing differently. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, this is a quote from the Disney website. Um, it said, certain experiences we know to draw large groups gather group gatherings such as parades and nighttime spectaculars will return at a later date so they're promising to return which is good that makes me sad but they're not right away um i like i said with the sea world thing the opposite of like it is kind of weird to me that you couldn't do a parade or a nighttime spectacular if you put enough effort into it Mm-hmm. why couldn't you especially with the parade and if you're already putting social distancing markers on the ground for most things right why couldn't you do a parade and have people stand in designated family spots do you know what i mean yeah um it's a lot of ground to cover sure i think i i don't know what the magnitude of sea worlds parades are but i mean you're coming out of adventurelands or frontierland sorry and then going all the way through main street and if you're putting those out every single time, that's a lot of effort. And if you're not, I don't think Disney really wants that many spots cluttering the view. Because if we know one thing about Disney, they're kind of all about the atmosphere. And I don't think they're just going to want, like, even if they're just squares on the ground, like, how much is that going to detract from Frontierland or Liberty Square, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That's actually I think it might just be an aesthetic thing. That's actually a huge question is, are they going to be putting markers on the ground for more than just like their queues and their front entrance? I'm wondering if they are. They have how, how much of Disney can you change before it's not Disney, you know? Right. And like, that's the other thing is I've seen a lot of people berating Disney specifically because Disney's so many people have this high standard for their their experiences mm-hmm. and the fact that they create a magical experience and, and, and an immersive experience that everything in there is part of you, you walk into a, a book or a story right exactly and like you just said how much can you do without it now no longer being disney but for me i have the opposite opinion of why don't why can't we understand that we have to do this in order for it to be disney or to continue to be disney do you know what i mean no i know what you mean um i think people are for the short time being because of course i think as soon as there's like everybody's like oh this is gonna change the world this is gonna change everything and i'm like yeah we're probably gonna do things a little differently as a society um we're probably gonna be a little bit more careful with most things but I firmly believe once we have a vaccine, things will go to pretty much normal. Well, only time's going to be able to tell. So, I think this but, is only a temporary thing for, for park-going experiences. I yeah, think they'll still I, encourage... I agree. I think it's going to be all temporary. I think they might still encourage, like, where... Like, I might still 
maybe wear a face covering to the park for the rest of my life just because it seems like the safe thing to do in 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 most large gatherings right but Mm -hmm. i don't see social distancing being a thing forever i think it'll make people more cautious to give you space in a line what a concept (laughs) all right um yeah it's kind of hard to see i mean we don't know what's going to happen a year from now because a year from now i never would be able to tell you that i'd be cooped up in my house but or you're you know a year ago but hey man a year ago i wouldn't have even said i would be friends with you that's true i had no idea who you were Who's now ben we run a Hanley? podcast together <laughs> i don't know some scrub so um what i don't else even think i knew your doing? name yet at this no time last year. no uh, you definitely didn't nope anyway uh next uh high touch experiences such as play areas makeup opportunities and meet and greets are going to again return at a later date that's fair that's fair i'm wondering if they even return at all the meet and greets yeah but like i don't see them continuing the bibbidi bobbidi boutique which kind of sucks but i mean you have salons opening up there's no way that that's not going to open up eventually i guess actually now that you say that why couldn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think we're gonna see more of this stuff come back than we're assuming it is right now. Um, and I'm not gonna say that this is all gonna fizzle out, but eventually it's going to get to a point where people are just gonna be either you know there's a vaccine or it somehow wears itself down. <laughs> In the long term, we'll all be okay. We'll get through it. I have no doubt. This is my favorite thing I've written ever is now you need a fast pass just to get into the park. Really? Because that's probably my least favorite thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, I have some good news for you later, my friend. Um, So you need an advance reservation to book a park, which sucks for people like you and I who park hop all day and all night. Right. Um, Because now you have to be like, yep, on July 12th, I'm going to go to the Magic Kingdom. So does that mean park hopping is essentially dead? For now, I bet you it is. Oh, that hurts. That's all I do. Yeah, but when you think about it, the, part of the reason I park hop is I get bored at the park because all the li- the lines are too long. I'm Because it got busy. There's too many people there. So if, if it's limited capacity, you're probably getting in and out pretty, pretty okay. That makes sense. I don't know. Um, so you need advanced reservations. Um, no new guests can book. So, like, if you and I were to go down right now, and I, I just don't know the clarity if, if you're not staying on property, but if, like, we can't book a resort reservation, and also they're taking care of people who already have reservations first, which makes sense. So, basically, anybody who currently has a reservation for the week of July 11th gets first priority of in the park. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like a weird 60 days advanced reservation system, like all of the dining plan ever was. FastPass is the same thing. And Disney's top priority right now, from what I was reading, is is the people that already are booked. Because they don't want to disappoint those people. So what I'm gathering from a lot of this is it's not worth it to try to get down there anytime soon. Yeah, I'm still it's, shooting for the fall. I, yeah, I hope the fall is a little bit better, um, but we'll see. We will see. Um, they're also doing the standard, like I said, face coverings, all the, ni- the whole nine, all that. However, things that were, are 
interesting about Disney's new policies, uh, they canceled advanced dining reservations entirely. If you had a, if you were going, if you booked a vacation for July three years ago and 180 days out, you were like, I'm going to go to be our guest. Not anymore. You ain't. Really? Yep. And the reason being is because when you booked your dining reservation, especially at those high, at those high, uh, high requested, Mm -hmm. yeah the the high volume that was the word i was looking for thank you um those high volume restaurants like be our guest and the uh la cellier and all those the ones that people want to go to they don't know the new capacity so those were booked solid everybody like you couldn't get a reservation anymore but now they have a new capacity at that restaurant right so what do you do you can what do do you pick and choose the top 100 people and you keep their reservations for the day you have to play it fair and kill everybody's. Yeah, that makes sense. It it hurts, but. And from what I, I'm reading, from what I can tell, it looks like it's going to be a, a like a post facto kind of situation of once they figure out those capacities, they're going to do the best they can to rebook mm-hmm. reservations. Um, so they, are we gonna see those restaurants still operating on a first come first serve basis or that's a good question it's not clear all right we'll just we'll have to keep people updated then um, when we hear yeah it's not clear and it's also a good question of how much are you going to be able to open all of your restaurants are you going to be able to staff them are you going to mm-hmm. be able to keep up with the standard that you're that the cdc is now suggesting and requiring and things like that yeah who knows well, I have no, I have no doubt that places like Be Our Guest can open because it's, it's, it's a very large area, and high demand. Exactly, and putting you can space out enough tables in there that I, I think they'll be that you're not going to have any trouble. I would be actually surprised if they didn't open all of them because wouldn't you need the space? You'd think. I don't know if you're if you're now squishing. I mean, you now have probably a, a third or less of your guests in the park than normal. Yeah, so, like just... that—that's the other thing. Is like, yes, you now have a third or less of your guests in the park, and but now you also have a third or less of your space throughout yeah. the whole park if you're accounting for distancing and and things like that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, Let's we're see. we're probably going to see like walkways now designated like go one on. Way. Yeah, exactly. One way walkways. And, which they already uh, tried to do in the first place and people don't listen so we'll see how that that's goes. true well we'll see how they operate now <laughs> i work at a grocery store and people don't follow the the one-way directions yeah that, i was kind of doing that the other day but in my defense i just ha- i had no idea <laughs> there was one sign in the beginning of the aisle and nowhere else it was like on the floor tiny yeah they're on the floor in like, our yeah, stores, okay too. oops this one's gonna be music to your ears ben they canceled all fast passes. Yeah. No more fast passes. Everybody's a plebe. Maybe I can ride Peter Pan another time before I die. You must all wait in line. I'm the king of the plebes. Damn you. Wait in line with everybody else. Um, and their their reasoning is they need the queue space. It makes sense. Basically. They yeah. they they wouldn't be able to operate both. It would right. it wouldn't happen. Um, I actually was thinking about Q space the other day when it came to um, like smaller amusement parks, like for example, Canopy. I was thinking about the Yankee Cannonball, and that Q is like a tiny little 
like uh like 20 by 20 square footage area yeah. that, you, that you wind back and forth with it and i was like how 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 do you accomplish social distancing with a queue like that something like that you're gonna have to have spaces marked outside and it's gonna be you go in but, when it's your turn but i i'm wondering like i i would i would in be very interested to see if like canopy came up with like they enlisted like a virtual queuing system for for rides such as that because like especially the Yankee cannonball with where it's located in the park there's not even a place to put it i said what if you rerouted the path and you use the midway stage as, as a queue situation because <clears throat> i don't anticipate them doing many shows this summer yeah. Now I'm wondering, are they still planning on opening this summer? Cause I wonder if like the smaller parks are going to get hit so, really hard by this. So that's a thing that I've talked to some of my friends who work there. This is not insider information cause they don't really know anything. Um, I know a lot of, at least Canopy specifically is shooting for the end of the summer, potentially the fall. Um, they wanted July but we're more optimistically looking at August and they, they still have, they don't know. They don't know. There's right. no information yet. Um, as far as the Massachusetts standard of the phased reopening, um, amusement, far, amusement parks fall into stage four or phase four, which is mid to late July. And if, if New Hampshire has been following the pattern, um, they are typically waiting for Massachusetts more or less they they reopened their restaurants sooner than massachusetts did but they seem to be following about the same timeline so i i would and because because canopy is so close to the massachusetts border is why i would think that mm. they may wait and i think the city of salem might wait but who knows who knows we will see but yeah that's that's a huge thing of like smaller amusement parks i know Funtown splashtown in maine they already scrapped uh, in, their summer. In March, they were like, we're done. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to try. They were like, we won't. It's It won't be worth it. The cost of operating every day will not be outweighed by the amount of time lost for the end of the summer because they're uh, mostly a water park, aren't they? I think so. Well, Funtown, you know, Funtown, Splashtown. I don't, I don't know what the ratio of Funtown to Splashtown is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've ever actually been there. And there we've had it. We have the best Ben Hadley Q to Q quote of all time. We haven't even finished the what, news yet. What is the ratio of Fun Town to Splash Town? <laughs> ben, that is the dumbest thing you've ever said to me, and I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> It just felt right. That's 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 a little bit. That's just a little tear under uh, the Hollywood Tower of Cake, in my opinion. Oh my god! I, don't know. I think that might be better. Uh, we what? need to start getting people. Okay, PSA to everybody who listens all the time: get your friends to listen. Let's get a following so we can start making it worth it to have merch. And I want the ratio of Fun Town to Splash Town to be, be on a shirt. <laughs> Bring your friends, please. Bring your friends. <laughs> we just want more friends. <laughs> Bring your foes. We don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about Disney to your foes. Um, what was next? Oh, God. Um, oh, this one is really interesting to me. 
they're canceling the dining plan. The dining plan? Okay. Which is insane to me because do you remember when they were first like, we're going to close, but uh, here's what we're offering if you rebook and you don't cancel. Ha 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 ha. It was the dining plan. Yeah. So now they're scrapping that too. Right. So now what are you doing to compensate all those people that decided to rebook instead of cancel? You kind of like, like no takesies backsies, Disney. That's yeah. just mean. Now that's definitely going to be a later date type thing. And they may get it for their next one. But like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Cause they probably, that's got to be directly related to them not knowing the restaurant capacities. Oh, probably. I also think it's directly related to that they've lost a lot of money in these last weeks and they're going to do price hikes. And if you book the dining plan, you don't get that price hike money. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so uh, interesting. They're going to have to do something else to compensate those people. Then, so they already promised it. They have to. Like, what do you do? Do you give them vouchers for other things? Do you discount their, their trip? Are you going to see people canceling left and right which i mean could potentially solve the problem of not ha- of having too many people with bookings and things like that like i don't know what the, the 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 scheme here is yeah i don't know that's kind of a that that's a surprising move yeah not really sure what the motive is i'm sure we'll hear about it but yeah i have no idea i'm so. surprised yikes um so backstage tours have also been canceled yeah that one makes sense though it does I mean, like, one, you're going to need your staff everywhere else. Two, mm-hmm. yeah, like, why would you bring people downstairs when they don't have to be downstairs? And no extra magic hours, which makes sense. Oh, that's right, because the virus is nocturnal. I always forget. <laughs> it is. It only hits, it only strikes at night. It strikes at night. They're just trying to limit the hours, and you're going to see, it's going to be wild, because you're going to see January hours in July. Because usually the park is open like 8 to 11 mm-hmm. during the summer due to the high demand. And in January, it closes at like 7. Yeah, I'm used to January hours because I always go for the marathon. But Yeah. So, I mean, no extra magic hours. I, well, the, I think the logic is that like the people who are already there for the limited capacity are already resort guests, most of them. Yeah. So they don't need extra magic hours because they're already limited. I don't know. No, I I think they just want people out of the park. I mean, you see most businesses are doing reduced hours right now. So it makes sense. Yeah. The store I work at normally is open till nine and we are seven right now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're opening till nine soon and I'm not ready um this one i got from twitter disney didn't say it these are the sources i've i've seen many different sources on this one that there will that epcot will open will reopen with no cultural representatives oh which is wild because that's the point of the world showcase however a lot of countries still have travel bans also true that's also true and i think we were discussing this a while back like when we talked about the college program being canceled they weren't sending out anything for this either, right? Well, yeah, that was part of it, was that the cultural representational program was also canceled. So yeah. they, they had to all go home um, or to their home country. So they got nothing. So <laughs> they, just, they have no one. <laughs> right. Most of them. They have each other. Um, 
but it's just gonna be so weird like for me this is the point where i say like this is where i go what's the point of epcot (laughs) future world (laughs) but there's nothing there's a bunch of stuff closed Mm -hmm. spaceship earth is closed really oh that's also part of the news spaceship earth closed for their reno they actually went through with the reno so like spaceship earth is closed and figment is not a great ride the land is open cool uh soren you get soren and the best boat ride on property living with the land yes i said it living with the land is great living with the land is great that backstage tour is cool too um like guardians isn't done either that's true so you got future world cool you got the couple of rides in oh also is ratatouille gonna open maybe we don't know i don't know but like why to me like why would you go to world showcase if you're not gonna get that experience that's the whole point of world showcase is to meet it's gonna be a really nice walk for right for me it's like also i'm gonna go on the three caballeros because why not (laughs) yeah but for me it's like why didn't you just keep epcot closed lower that cost lower your lower your cost of operation i mean do all of your construction figure that out and then open it up when when you got more stuff going on when you can open up with your people like you would think but they did keep hollywood studios open when literally what two-thirds of the park was closed for construction (laughs) yeah and it wasn't great but but you had things were open went nothing was really like you still had i don't know i don't know i went to hollywood studios when it was in rough shape and i I said i'm not going back until this is done like it was it was before toy story world Mm. opened it was before galaxy's edge opened so you just had like half of hollywood was gutted and then sunset boulevard and that was it and it was really sad. And they had the park running like that. So I, I'm not surprised that they're opening Epcot in the state. Um, I don't know if it's the best idea, but I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, I don't know. I think with with all this being said, with all with all of the the covid situation and things like that i think i will wait for for a little bit to visit disney uh, apparently they're still going forward with the halloween parties but if you don't have a show and no fireworks and no parades and how do you do trick-or-treating with social right. distancing what's what are you offering that's different with the halloween party because it's like oh we're lim- it's a limited capacity party with all these cool super extra things okay great you already have a limited capacity park and now you don't have your special things. I mean, that's August, yeah. but August isn't far away. If you're opening in July. I- I'm sure they have a plan. We're just going to have to see it. I don't know. Disney um, always has a plan, right? <laughs> and like, right? That's, that's the other thing I'm looking at. Because uh, a couple of my friends who live in Sarasota were like, you should come d- down and visit in October. Because they are they do the Globe of Steel. Mm-hmm. That's That's their main thing. But they have a whole circus. And their whole circus is set up. And I was going to go down and visit them. And and whatever but um hi Allie she listens <laughs> um but if horror nights isn't happening because we were also going to go to horror nights I'm like like how do you do a haunted house I don't 
know, man. Who knows? It's a crazy, crazy time. We're going to see. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. This might just be a solo Halloween party season. Drink at home. Woo-hoo. All alone watching scary. a scary movie. The sca- the truly, hey, you ever the been locked alone? You ever been locked in a room with your own thoughts? That's it's kind of scary. Hey, man. Anyway, moving on. Um, would you like to say our last our last fun bit of news? Oh yeah, this is a fun bit of news. Six Flags New Jersey opened a drive-through safari. Yay! Yeah, I want to go check it out. Let's Sounds go like right fun. now, Ben. Let's do it. All right, I'm on my way. Well, that would All be right. counterproductive. <laughs> We'll, we'll finish the podcast on the way. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, there's actually, there is a podcast uh, out there from the Exactly Net Right Network called uh, Do You Need a Ride? And the idea is that they, they drive around and just ha- talk about stuff. That's great. It's, they do a podcast from a car. It's phenomenal. Um, anyway, the drive-through safari, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Get in your car, you go look at some animals. Nice. We like that. And with that, that concludes our news segment. And uh, you know what happens when we conclude our news, Ben? <gasps> it's commercial time. Enjoy this ad. And we're back. Hooray! Uh, we just realized that we forgot to tell you what we're drinking. Yeah, uh, that's like the other most important part of the week. You know, the first step is finding the ratio between Fun Town and Splash Town. The ratio of Fun Town to Splash Town. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Heather didn't find that it's funny when I told her. So well, she doesn't listen to this anyway. So the shade, you, Heather. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm doing. You know, my good old watch. Use it blue. Good stuff. You know, it's what we have in the house, and I don't reliable. Know. Hey, you know, um, I made myself a little cocktail of Dole. I think it's orange pineapple juice in Malibu. It's very tropical. It's great. It's amazing. Heck yeah. yeah. We love it. So, so drink um, along. it's not a secret that Ben and I are very bad at choosing topics for this podcast Ooh, in advance. So bad. Um, and this topic came out so we this is sunday we were supposed to record friday and then both of us were busy so what we decided friday morning what our topic would be um friday (laughs) and uh we decided that we were going to and the bonus of this is that we now have a series of topics we do um exciting so we decided that we're now going to start a series of once a month we are going to talk about a interactive game experience yeah what are the interactive adventures around uh the parks of of the parks um and it most of these are scavenger hunt-esque games you kind of wander around the park and discover secrety decrety things secrety decrety my favorite secrety decrety um so i am starting the series um i it's again a rabbit hole of research and we're going to begin in 2006 with the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure. Hey, I always wanted to play it, and I didn't have the means. I did play it. And let me tell you, it was a wild time. And as I was doing this research, man, was I flooded back with memories. Really? <laughs> it's just like, I was like, 
oh i remember this the whole the whole time i was reading all this stuff so let us begin i'm gonna describe to you a little bit not even the history because there's not much history to it it's just kind of like they wanted to do it and they did um but ben this is this is the viewers and your time to sit back and uh you can verbally react i absolutely will Um, so so we're kind of trading who does the research on these so becca did the legwork this week um next segment it'll be me doing the legwork on it mostly or what what are you going to talk about ben i'm going to be talking about everyone's favorite magic kingdom interactive adventure well i assume it's their favorite um sorcerers of the magic kingdom very exciting and then we will move on to the the sequel to the kim possible world showcase adventure which is agent p's world showcase adventure i don't actually know the title of it but it's yeah, perry it's, the platypus it's something um it may not be a full episode because i, have I think a feeling we're gonna it's... combine that with wilderness explorers or the pirates leap or the pirates treasures of the seven seas which is the, the sequel to sorcerers more or less We'll find out. It'll be we'll fun. But those are the five. Those are the five ones we're specifically looking to talk about. If you have another one that we totally missed, um, let, let us know. know. Um, oh, we're also... there's also actually I just thought of one. There's one in Galaxy's Edge technically on the Disney Play app. Oh, that's true. We I don't know anything about it. And I don't know if there's much content out there about. I don't it. think it's a ton, but it's uh, it's worth bringing up. Um, and I guess there is one at Galaxy's Edge, but we did talk about um, probably in the the final episode of the series, we'll talk about what it would, what a game like this could look like in an incarnation of Hollywood Studios, because there may be one in Galaxy's Edge, but I would love to see one that's kind of the whole park. Yeah. And what that would look like. So, episode one will be about Kim Possible. Then we'll talk about Sorcerers. Then we'll do a, probably a dual combined of the sequels to Kim Possible and Sorcerers, and then finally. The Wilderness Explorers at the Animal Kingdom, which isn't necessarily a game, but it, it, it kind of falls, into the, falls into the scavenger hunt theme. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it takes you out of the technology, which is That's so interesting. Good. Yeah. Brought me back to my Boy Scout days. Anyway, take it away. <laughs> so in 2006, as a part of the Living Characters Initiative, which it, I think we've talked about briefly before, which is when they, they brought animatronics like living animatronics that could move on their own. Uh, so like the Wally animatronic, the uh, Lucky the Dinosaur, um, the Remy animatronic, all yep. of th- and, all um, of the trash can. You know, my and favorite. Push the talking trash can. Yes. Push the talking um, trash can. Those while they were doing Imagineering over, over with actual robots, they were also doing Imagineering in, as a part of a how do you interact with your favorite characters. And the very interesting thing about the Kim Possible World, World Showcase Adventure is that it debuted in 2006 as in, in beta. And then the official launch was in 2009, a full year and a half after the series had ended. Interesting. Right? So also, the, I can't believe the series ended that long ago. <laughs> honestly. Um, the idea of this game... Um, back in the early 2000s, and for most of Epcot's career, up until very recently, Epcot was always considered the adult park, because one, the joke of you can drink around the world, but two, World Showcase was not very marketable to children. There wasn't rides, there wasn't, there weren't thing, things to do if you were a kid, there wasn't characters, so they wanted to get kids into the World Showcase. 
which is why this was invented. So in the beta version, there was three scenarios. First, you would take on Duff Killigan in the UK Pavilion. Then you would move over to France to take on Senior 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 and Senior Senior Junior. And then you would finally head over to the Image Works, which is above the Imagination Pavilion, which former home to the Rainbow Hallway, if, we, if Disney fans know the Rainbow Hallway. And it's now a DVC lounge. But you would head over <laughs> to Image Works to defeat Dr. Dragon and Shigo. In 2009, it moved over to the what we knew as the actual game. Imageworks was eliminated as a situation and there were now seven interactive missions to complete. Um, and the way guests would start playing the game is that they would go to a recruitment center, which were um, at the entrance to World Showcase. There was one in Norway and there was one in the UK, I think. It was either mm -hmm. in the UK or I think so. Place around the UK, right? Um, and you would get a mission pass, which looked very much like a fast pass. Pretty much was a fast pass. And then you would return to that time so you could start playing your game. You would report to a secret team possible station, uh, receive your mission assignment, and your Kim Mutacator. Kim Mutacator. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I got uh -huh. that. <laughs> and just for the folks at home. And the communicator was a flip phone. It was a Samsung flip phone. It's good fun. Time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you would work with Team Possible to find the key, the clues in your assigned country. You defeat the villain and save the world. No big. And that was how they advertised it. Defeat the villain, save the world. No big. No big. Just like Kim Possible. So, what do you think, Ben? So far, um, I'm hooked. Yeah, sounds great. Marvel I'm gonna go look up gameplay right after this. Oh. But you don't have to, because I'm going to explain everything. <gasps> I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I watched all of it. Um, so when you get there, you are first given gadget training, led by our good buddy Wade, our computer in our, in our pocket, Wade. Um, you, he teaches you how to use the help button and the back button. So the help button will give you more clues or more detailed instructions to what you have to do, just in case you're confused. And then you learn how to use the back button, which, you know, does what a back button does. It repeats instructions or repeats a certain interactive moment. Hmm. Pretty straightforward. But if you're, I think I was nine. How? Nope. I definitely was older than that. I was older than nine in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, was I really? I must have done it in beta. Actually, now that I think about it, I definitely did it in beta. Mm, yeah, because I was going to say in 2009, I would have been coming up on uh, 14. I mean, like, yeah, that's math. Whatever. Math is hard, man. So, here I am. going to tell you about the villains. Describe mm. their evil plans. Now, I'm going to start off strong. Duff Killigan's storyline is my favorite. So first, we go to the UK pavilion where we take on Duff Killigan and Duff Killigan's evil plan. Don't you read ahead. Stop reading ahead. I'm ben, not. You can't even read. What am I talking about? Yeah, I can't read. <laughs> so Duff Killigan's evil plan is to, <laughs> to cover the world in fast-growing grass seed. He has a weather control machine. And he's going to make it rain globally all over the world. And now the world is a giant golf course. Yeah, make it rain. Hey, man. Seems like a pretty solid plan. Absolutely. We all I, love to golf every I day. I don't, but... Make the whole world essential. 
golf is essential apparently <laughs> wow you're good at this today <laughs> make the Trying whole to help, world you know? essential <laughs> by making it a giant golf course Dolph Killingen was ahead of his time he really was um is he really a villain oh who know. knows um this scenario formed my favorite self-aware joke of all time and it was Wade said that we can't forget the last time we, we faced Duff Killigan at Epcot when he made a giant golf ball. And the quote was, turn around, you can still see it across the lake. Boo. That's funny. Boo. Boo. Except not boo, because that's but hilarious. I remember that joke vividly. I remember us that's funny. laughing a lot about it or being like, they did the thing. So... As you go through all these games or all of these scenarios where you have to defeat the villains, um, you get assignments that you have to complete in order to save the world from the villain, or at least the country that you're in. And the, the other the other part of this that I forgot to mention is that there all seven of these villains are theoretically taking over the world at the same time. So Kim and Ron can't be with you as you do these. So you're all alone. You and Wade hanging in. So assignment number one against Duff Killigan was called Seeds of Destruction. So your goal was to find the code to where his henchmen were hiding. Hmm. So uh, Wade explains that his henchmen are somewhere in, in the UK pavilion, and you have to go find them. And he says that there is a, it was like a glyphwing butterfly. You have to go find that glyphwing butterfly. So you go to the garden in the back of the pavilion, find the butterfly box, and you trigger the mating call of the glyphwing butterfly on your phone. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it sounded like, but it was something along the lines of a bird call. What? What was that? Nothing. <laughs> ben, you got something in your throat over there? Yes. You gonna make it? You should probably have another drink. You're right. Um, and the butterfly reveals the code on its wings after hearing the mating call that you so generously demonstrated. The the code on it, the wings was a rose and a crown. <gasps> Oh. So they were none other than in the Rose and Crown pub, of course. Makes sense. However, before you can go and catch the henchmen, they get away. Boo. Classic. Everybody say boo. Boo. Thank you. Um, and But it reveals that, um, I don't remember, Lord Incognito? It was, he, it's some form of double agent guy we got going on throughout this whole game. His name is Cognito. Um, it turns out that he got this uh the 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 deets from these henchmen and now he has it so now we have to get this the password to duff's computer Da-da-da. so that brings us to assignment number two t technician that's the title of this assignment the goal is to get the password to duff's computer and apparently there's a double agent like i explained um so step one you have to go to the tea shop and find the attendant because we've left the information with the attendant then we say and what is what do we say ben to the attendant Danger is my cup of tea. Fabulous. Now you have a tea bag. Whoa. And uh, we quickly jump to the conclusion that the type of tea is the password to Duff's computer. Somehow we're right. Was it like an actual attendant giving you a tea bag? Oh, yeah. Or? No, you got a tea bag. You got free, wow. a free bag of tea. That's awesome. And it was uh, Indian spice chai. Ooh. But you just wrote chai. And uh, we were right. So we're now into Duff's computer. Hooray. Um, And from Duff's computer, we find out that he has plans, or we find the plans, and we now have to 
open the door to Killigan's secret hideout. I again, I lo- got lost here. This is where I started to lose the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so assignment number three is crestfallen. The goal is to open the door of Killigan's hideout. Hideout! Hooray! We find Yay. the Killigan family crest in the sports shop. Hey, it's plaid and has golf clubs crossed like a sword and a golf ball in the center, as one does. Um, another fun neat trick about our Kim communicator is that we use the bagpipe synthesizer to play the correct melody to find the passcode to his keypad. I don't know how we figured out that we needed to play a melody. Hmm. Bad type synthesizer. Yeah, man. I don't want to hear what that sounds like. Just makes me uncomfortable. Sounds dirty. It does. Um, so we do that, and the code is revealed on the back of the crest, and it turns out to be an eyeball, a heart shape, and a golf club and ball. Also known as I love golf. Balls. That's right. Just all of the above. Um, and we enter that code into the communicator so now that so Wade can communicate that to the rest of the team. Um but now Ron and Kim have been kidnapped. Wow. Everybody say, oh no. Oh no, Kim napped. That's right, buddy. I, I'll sign off now. <laughs> no, 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 stay here. Well, I need you for the for the participation. Oh <laughs> anyway, um, Assign- that brings us to assignment number four, code plaid emergency. So they have been kidnapped, and our job is to tap into the security system so we can know what's happening inside of the hideout. Um, so we tap into that security system, and apparently the security system and the rain machine are on the same network. How convenient. Um, so we have to activate the rain machine inside of his house. And now here's the question that I had. What about KP and Ron? If they're inside the hideout, won't they drown too? Was it his house or his hideout? His hideout, I guess. I don't know. Words. Uh, Words aren't important, Ben. You're asking too many questions because you're reading. Um, That's true. So you admit it. You can read. I'm learning very slowly. (laughs) I just got through AEI. You learned the word house. (laughs) Well, it looks like hoos to me because I still don't know what O is. A E I U. I I skipped O. You skipped O. I did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep going. Ben, how do you spell your middle name? Uh, I'll tell you when I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I like this joke. Um, somehow oh. they got out. <laughs> Rude. Uh. <laughs> Somehow they got out of the of the hideout before you flooded Yay! the place. Oh, you'd know the triggers before I even tell you. Imagine if I had cue cards. That would be even more fun. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That would be Patreon content. Um, and another fun thing that came out of this is a team of global justice gardeners are reversing the spread of the grass seed. Hooray. Return global your phone. Global justice gardeners. I mean, hooray! <laughs> I want to get on that team. Yeah. Hey, why not? I like it. So if you, so when you play this game, you had the option to do um, multiple rounds or depending on the demand of the park, you could only do one country at a time. So, which stinks if you're, you're like, I'm going to do all of them, but the like demand was really high because you'd have to literally do the one assign or the one country and then return your phone. And then you'd have to go get another, another one. 
However, if it was slow enough, it would give you the option to continue and choose another country. Um, I think you could do up to three in one sitting, if I remember okay. correctly, because I remember doing three of them. Well, if you that, played in beta, then I you did, only had three options. Right. Right. So that brings us to our next country, which is China. Okay. Where we, where we battle the evil Lord Monkey Fist, who kind of looks like um, the man who played the dad in the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> does he not? He does. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, so the evil plan of Lord Monkey Fist is that the jade statue of a monkey with supernatural powers was stolen. Monkey Fist wants to control all the monkeys. Oh no! Which you know. Not out of character. Mm-hmm. We're not surprised here. Of course not. So assignment one, number one is the shadow shenanigans. So you have to go to the gallery and make sure all of the rest of the relics are saved. Wade asks if you think Monkey Fist is still around. And the tomb warrior statue, which you found. And we know, we know, we already, like they already said that the, the statues have supernatural powers. Like they have established this convention. Fabulous. So the Tomb Morio statue moves by nodding. But here's where I already started to have issues with the scenario. Wade asked you if Monkey Fist was still around. And the Tomb Warrior was like, yes. And Wade was like, oh my god, statue confirmed. He's still around. What if the statue was talking to his other statue buddies? What if the statue had nothing to do with what you were doing? Seems like a false lead to Lucky me. guess from Wade. Could be. So, Maybe that statue's a really nice guy. Assignment number two is called the Jumpy Witness. So we learned that there was a witness to Monkey Fist stealing the Jade Monkey. So we go to the cricket cage, because that's where we told the witness was. And surprise! The witness was the cricket. <gasps> Gasp! Yeah, man. So we are like, hey, where's the witness? And the cricket is like, chirp, 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 chirp. And he draws the Chinese character for water, which must mean we got to go to the water. Okay. But we didn't go to the water. Still don't understand. Again, like I started to lose the storyline very quickly. Anytime that there was supernatural things going on, I was a little bit lost. So here we are. So assignment number three is called monkey herding. We go to the market gong. We use the communicator to ring the gong. And I am still not sure what this accomplished. A loud noise. I think it was just a fun little t thing to do. Hey, why not? Who knows? Did the gong actually ring? Yes, yes it does. Nice. Um, assignment number four called Monkey Dunk. Fun. Um, this one was fun. Apparently the statue is still in the temple. It's just not where it was supposed to be. So we go to the temple. We trigger the communicator and we find the statue, which was in the water. You thought it was a trick. Whoa. We're back. It was in the water. The statue was in the pond and the theme of 2001 Space Odyssey is played. Okay. Don't know the connection. That makes sense. Totally. Just don't That's think it. about it. Okay. Just don't think about it. Got it. Sorry. But where's Monkey Fist? <gasps> China took care of it. They're way cooler than us. They have better law enforcement. According to the storyline. Okay. I know nothing about China. Let me just say that. Ah! 
I just moved my mic. I don't know if you could hear it. Yes, yes, we did. Okay, cool. Mm. So what's the next mission? This one was weird. <laughs> Aren't they all? Like I said, like the only one that I was following like fully was the Duff Killigan. And even that was like, you know, making everybody essential. Uh, so in Germany, Professor Dementor has took, taken over a, a pretzel factory to make his own pretzels that are tasty but mind-controlling. Ooh. And the mind control is triggered by a musical melody. I bet it's 2001 Space Odyssey theme. Um, oh my god, imagine. <laughs> it's not. Spoiler alert. Um, but it's kind of like a trigger word in hypnosis of how like, it's like... Oh yeah. That whole stereotype of of you train all these like secret agents, like sleeper that, agents, yeah, sleeper agents, and you you say that one word or like when when the the person that you're trying to attack says it, then that's yeah. what you do. You say blueberry pie, and then suddenly they just become another person. Yeah. So instead, you you sing the melody from the Hunger Games Space or that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the only reason I. It's the only way I can possibly have it make sense. So let's just it's, go with it. It's canon. <laughs> it's canon booked they can't deny it at this point it's already gone it's gone they can't retroactively say you tell it to jk rowling um <laughs> so assignment number one in <laughs> professor dementor's plan is called train tune uh and you go to the store and you find it the train uh then you input the code so that we can start putting the melody together because because we want to control people's minds right that's right buddy Oh, sorry. The goal of this is to get all of the melody put together so we can make a counter melody and stop it. Thank you for pointing out my plot hole. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Um, oh, that's my next point. Oh, I actually had no idea. I didn't read ahead. I swear no, I to God. No, I know you didn't. My life is falling apart. That's Assignment okay, me number too. two, nuts about justice. Ha <laughs> ha. So, like I said, we're building a musical code to make a counter melody, melody, counter melody, so he can't control our brains. Very nice. Find the hungry nutcracker. So you input the code word under the nutcracker, which is feed, F E E D. Apparently, we assume again that F E E D are notes in the melody. They must be, right? Because the best right. way to the the best way to make sure nobody catches your code is to use many different kinds of codes. Hmm. How are we feeling about this? Are we following? No? Yeah. Kind of. We're trying. I mean, it's kind of you know, upside down and backwards and loop-de-loop, but here we are. I, Let's keep going. I, every time I was reading these, and mind you, this is not, like, there is one that is specifically like, what? <laughs> but oh, God. I keep I thinking no about, we were like, getting the full walkthrough. This is great. Oh, man. I'm telling you, I spent at least three hours watching playthroughs. It is a great time. Because, of course, the back in the day when you couldn't film more than 10 minutes of a video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So they were like, I had to track down all the parts. Not oh, a fun God. day. Mm -hmm. So now we have the Ziffer notes, which are three notes or four notes, maybe. I can't remember. And then we have the four more notes of F-E-E-D. So we come to assignment number three, which is small town trouble. So Wade tells you that he's tested the mind control stuff that, oh, not he. Wade tells you that the Dementor has tested the mind control stuff on the town you are currently in. And you can tell because all of the people around you, are, the people around 
are walking around like mindless zombies as if they're on vacation. More self-aware jokes. Thank you, Epcot. Nice. Thanks, Disney. Love it. Dementor has made a scale model of the town to test mind control, and I don't understand how he tested the mind control on a scale model because, like, there aren't any human beings. Scale model humans? Squirrels, maybe? Lizards? Yeah, probably the little lizards that are running around all all over the place. I bet you it's the lizards. That's it. That's my theory. Army of lizards, that's all you need. So, you know the little railroad that's outside of the Germany Pavilion? Mm-hmm. Let's go, and uh, we Love do. That railroad. We do go to the railroad. Um, we figure out that the mentor is using the clock tower bells to trigger the trigger, <laughs> to trigger the mind control tune. Uh oh. Uh oh. Assignment number four: data hunt. This is the first of many questions that we have to answer throughout this whole game. Not this one specifically, but the whole thing, and it's just uh. Wade sends us a question, and the answer is apparently the key to stopping the Dementors. And the answer is desserts. I don't remember the question, because I'm bad at taking notes. Hmm. Maybe the question was, what comes after dinner? <laughs> oh, I think it was, what do they sell at a, a different store? Gotcha. Maybe. There's a sweet shop in Germany. There's two. This seems actually. like a very long mission, or like a very long section. Yeah. No, like... Duff McKilligan was the first stop on most of them. So, like, Duff McKilligan and then we get to um, Camille Leon in Norway. Those were the first ones you were assigned. Oh, the place must have been, yeah, it must have been the UK and Norway because those are your first missions because it was, yeah. you pick it up right there. Um, those ones are shorter than the rest of these. So, anyway, assignment number five, the cuckoo code, which could have been clock. Who knows? I don't know. You go to the cuckoo clock and discover the password again what it was just like you hit a button on your communicator i got really lazy because i was sick of watching this video after a while and it was like the third video i watched so i was like if you want to like start summarizing these that's fine too no man (laughs) Um, there's a lot of stuff yeah this one's not that exciting so we once again jump to conclusions and assume the word is yodel for his password simply because the clock is yodeling surprise excellent we quick we once again jump to that uh assignment number six another question what is the central figure on the roof holding in his hand spoiler it's a sword Sheen slash sparkle 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 yes um assignment number seven is the singing steins and you go to the stein shop and go to a very specific display and listen to the melody guess what part of the melody whoa but assignment number eight Brings us to an escalation in the plot. We're too late, and the local government officials already are under mind control. Oh, no. We have to stop him from broadcasting globally. But it's not too late because Wade has, alas, made a counter melody, and we have to pass it on to Kim and Ron. We send it to him, but we send it to them, but now we need to find out where he is hiding, and Wade says it's probably in the clock tower where he was going to broadcast to the whole world, right? We find him there by triggering something on the communicator, and he's being chased. By some but, locals. but I thought it was triggered by pretzels. <laughs> well, you eat the pretzels. So has everyone in the world already eaten the pretzels? Surprise! I've again, Ben. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, 
So we come to scenario number four. That was the end of that story. Not very climactic. Like that one kind of was really boring to me. Like I didn't, I, when I was watching it, I was not having fun. Hey, I, I mean, pretzel mind control is just so innovative. I mean, not wrong, but like, how are you going to get people who have celiacs to eat those pretzels? They're allergic. They can't eat gluten. That's true. Um, so this brings us to scenario number four with all of our favorite Kim Possible villains, Shigo and Dr. Draken. Still want to do that cosplay. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Um, after doing the research on these, I was like, wow, you could get a whole group together just to be impossible villains. It'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, evil plan from the beginning. And as we know, Dr. Draken is not very thorough with his ideas. He just kind of mm. starts it and, and goes, right? That's true. So his evil plan is to kidnap Dr. Possible, if we don't remember, it's Kim's dad's spaceship. We don't know why yet. Just wants a spaceship. He just wants a spaceship. So assignment number one is called remote controls. And we think the di- that the diagram for the controls that Draken stole are in a display at the Mexico Pavilion. So we have to find the giraffe carving because that is the clue that he has left for us. Uh, um, yes. We go over to the giraffe carving and we trigger the communicator and it reveals a symbol and the symbol turns out to be the schematics to the control system how convenient assignment number two is called the parrot trap um Ah. yes and apparently there's apparently there's a security camera in the town square and one of the locals has tipped us off that shigo and dragon were seen talking near the bird cage so we go over to the parrot that's in the town square. The parrot has a secret message which gives us all the tea on why Draken has stolen the rocket so he can have all the access, so he can have all access to world communication and buy as many sombreros as he wants. He really likes sombreros. That's why he's in Mexico in the first place. He really likes sombreros. So he's he's planning to buy the sombreros? Well, not buy, but he has has the ability to get as many sombreros as he wants to. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he's gonna control the banks and things so like yeah he's buying them but like he's also stealing the money in the first place you know as one does who doesn't love a sombrero i do love a good sombrero. they're really good for keeping you out of the heat keeping you in shade they're kind of heavy though it's true they are kind of heavy anyway anyway so that brings us to assignment number three which is overheard and again draken's not very good at shutting his mouth hole that's true. Somebody overheard his plan. And you meet them, you're, or you're planning to meet them near the fountain in the pavilion to get information. Okay? Mm-hmm. But uh-oh. Everybody say uh-oh. Uh-oh! You're being followed! <gasps> so he left the code in the piñatas. It's a smash piñata. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, you'd think. But that would be a waste of resources, and Disney ain't gonna have that. So you press the communicator... While you're looking at the pinatas, and the numbers two, four, and one appear, and Wade assumes, once again as Wade does, that this must be Draken's control password. And uh, surprise, it is, because Wade's wow. a smart cookie, man. Lucky guesses, man. Like, you know, the phrase is like, when you assume you make an ass of you and me, but like Wade's just making an ass of you, man. Mm-hmm. That's what I call to assume. You're just making an ass out of you, <laughs> not me. So, Wade sues again, as he does. 
and we accomplish something again. Um, right. Assignment number four is Data of the Dead, which is a great name, especially great name. for the Mexico Pavilion. Um, and there is a data override chip for the rocket. Whoa. Of course there is. Because Dr. Possible ain't got, he ain't a fool. He always has a backup plan, right? However, guess who stole it? Kraken <gasps> did. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, turns out he hid it in the pavilion so that he knew where to get it later. Um, and you have to go to the Dia de los Muertes d- pavilion, which is over by the, the restaurant and the tequila bar. Mm. Um, and the skeleton, there's a little skeleton over there. He, uh, you trigger something in your communicator, he does a little dance, and uh, he transmits the data to you. Oh, good. He's pretty cute. It's a, nice, it's a very nice skeleton. Yeah, man. He's pretty nice. I like I him. he's still there. He is. He is still there. he still dances. Uh, well, right now, he's probably pretty lonely. That's sad. But um, I'll have my sources find out once we can get go back to Epcot. Eh, there might be a thing in the Agent P. We'll just have to find out. Oh, uh, that's true, but that's a three to four weeks from now who knows and they did i think they finished agent p but i'm not sure oh that's gone i don't know we'll find out in a couple of weeks um actually that we will find out in like two months because we have we haven't even touched sorcerers we have sorcerers to get through before that that's true anyway so now the skeleton gave you the gave you the stuff sick dude thanks mr skelly whoa so we get to assignment number five, which is Sonar Solo. Dragon has gone, gone, has an underground rocket base. Go find it. So you first find the sonar device so you can pinpoint the exact location. So you find a pig statue in the shop. You turn around, there's a guitar. It's a nifty little guitar. And it amplifies hmm. the speaker, beacon sonar. And the secret base is under the volcano. Duh. Oh. Where else, uh, do, you, I mean, where else do you put uh, secret yeah, bases? You've seen Spy Kids too. Of course. Come on. I'm not even going to explain that. If you haven't seen Spy Kids 2, go watch it. Spy Kids 2, Incredibles. That's in a volcano. Every movie. Where else would you put a secret base if you're a villain? Nowhere. Volcano just makes sense. Only volcanoes. So we come to assignment number six, which is the escalation of this mission. And we have to stop. It's Operation Stop Dr. Draken. Because now he's initiated the rocket secret sequence. Everybody say no! No! Kim and Ron. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, Kim and Ron are now trapped under the volcano, so we can't stop the rocket sequence now. We have to take control of the navigation. So, in order to take control of the navigation, we have to have a very good viewpoint. Viewpoint. We have to have a very yeah. good viewpoint. So vantage point. Vantage. Thank you, Ben. Um, I'm just here for moral support and vocabulary and, and vocabulary um, and participation. Like we're in like an English panto. Whee! It's a great time. Um, <laughs> so we go to the top of the ramp that looks o- over the whole pavilion. Whoa. We use the communicator to activate and watch the rocket launch out of, of the, the volcano. So we, we successfully navigated ourselves and uh, yay. Yeah, that's about it. That's it. Like all of these, like you think they're gonna go somewhere, and they're just, you did it. You did it. It's great. Um, this one I'm gonna <laughs> summarize pretty quickly. It's not very long. It's only like four assignments anyway, but it's not exciting. Not my favorite one out of all of them. Um, you got the France Pavilion, where you battle Senor Senior Senior and Senor Senior Junior. 
Um, and if we remember, Senor Senior Junior is one of the most annoying TV villains of all time. I think he's fantastic. Okay, Ben. <laughs> so their evil plan is Circe's plan as well, and it's an evil nightclub with no escape. Ah. Uh, and they employ a pra- procrastinator ray. Simon number one is called Quit Bugging Me. So we've bugged the Impressions de France theater, which is where the whole operation started. And we have to go and get the recording from that building. So we go find the gargoyle that's in the, in the, the lobby of the theater and we trigger the bug. Um, and the plan is revealed that Junior has distracted everyone so Senior can steal everything in France. Oh no! Also, it felt really weird to me that Senor Senior Senior and Senor Senior Junior were not the villains of Mexico, but that might... I was just about to say that. But was that too head-on? Is that... Maybe. Is that stereotyping? Who knows? Probably. I think it just made more sense to launch a rocket out of uh, a Yeah, and I don't think they're smart enough. Except launching a rocket out of the Eiffel Tower would be kind of funny, too. Yeah, but... No, <laughs> it wouldn't work. But it work. doesn't make sense. Um, so assignment number two is called On Target. And you t- this, is the, this was the, f- the, the first one that I was like, wow, this is really cool. This, the, sim- the assignments overall were like, oh, this is fine. Like the storyline of this one was weird, but like the stuff you did in this one was wicked cool. So you have to tap into the pro- procrastination rate controls and you need the, that means that um, you need to target the procrastination controls and the way to do it is that it also has to target you so you have to lock onto it so you have to stand in a specific spot so that the target ray or the target system can see you and the eiffel tower takes your picture really it was so cool it literally took your picture it was like an on-ride photo but impossible that's awesome and i wonder if you could get your photo after probably so assignment number three after you do this um now you know where the where the the, the ray is because it's an invisible ray fun fact mm-hmm. um and now you have to tell tell ron and kp but they don't answer <gasps> dun 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 yes uh wade's signal also gets interrupted ah try that again <gasps> gasp i guess what are you looking for here i was looking for the exact same thing <laughs> oh dun 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 <laughs> We'll splice it together. Sometimes um, I need cue cards. <laughs> I really like this. Anyway, now you have to connect to the satellite to boost the signal, of course. Because how are you going to get all your information if Wade's signal is blocked? He's, he's your ears. He's your eyes. He's got everything. He, Absolutely. He assumes and knows all. He does. Um, he and you all. find a thingy and you activate it. Don't know. Nice. Don't really understand. You just went somewhere else and hit a button. Yeah, you know, you just activated the 4G. That's pretty much it. Uh, And our final assignment is called Ray Play. And KP and Ron fell into the trap. Everybody (gasps) say, oh, no. Oh, no. Now we have to tap into the controls of the procrastination ray so that we can get KP and Ron out of their their trance so the relay station can be be used as a backup controller, which is near the waterfront, and it's disguised as an antique camera. To use said antique camera first, you have to make the invisible... procrastinator ray visible again which means you have to use the spectral enhancer and it sounds like some ghost stuff going on Mm -hmm. but it's not it's just science so you have to look into the camera and press the button which is disguised as a suitcase next to the antique camera it's an actual button that you press not your communicator a button and somehow we've destroyed the procrastination ray 
I wasn't following that either. I listened to it like three times and still didn't understand how we we destroyed it because I thought we were just wow, trying to great. to to control it. Who knows? Um, yeah, it sounded like we were just supposed to make it visible again, but I guess I don't know. Maybe they turned the setting up too high and it just destroyed it. Maybe it was just scared and it was like, oh shit. Ah <laughs> oh, hell! Ah oh, heck no! Um, and then the seniors were zapped and now they're procrastinating. Makes a lot of sense. So they're not gonna. They're not going to save the world. So I'm actually going to jump over this next one because it's my favorite. So I'm going to leave it for last. Um, have, how long have we been on this? Holy crap. We've been here for a while. It's, it's been a while. We're fine. Extra long episode. Uh, Norway. We got Chameleon. Again, going to kind of summarize this one. Actually, I'm going to skip it because it's not that fun. Gods are mad. We stole furs. We uh, stopped Chameleon. End of story. Great. Um, do to do. So this one is my favorite. This one makes zero sense to me, whatsoever. Um, Japan. Oh, go back to Japan, or you don't have to, and I'm just going to tell you. So in Japan, we're battling the baby BB, and if you remember what the BBs were, the BBs were dragons form of a perfect woman, and they have to be perfect. Everything about them has to be perfect. So there's a baby robot of that kind of the thing. So the baby hmm. BB tried to master the power of all the elements. And while she was doing it, she threw them out of balance. Why does a robot have powers over the elements? I'm unsure. Um, but while she was messing with the water, she threw it out of balance and polluted the water. Oh, no. Oh. The spring that fed Japan's fresh water is now clogged. and You have to reverse it. So step one, you go to a rock. Step two, you hit the button. Magic water, go on rock. And apparently now we have particles that we can track baby BB because robots have DNA now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So assignment number two is called Blown Away. And I was like, was the first one an assignment? I don't know. Goal number one, or the goal of this, this is the first one I actually wrote, and you can tell because there was a there was a structure. But um, goal number one, we ha don't have wind in Japan because apparently baby robots have superpowers, and we go to we go to find the wind chime at the store, and we trigger the elemental enhancer because uh -oh. we also apparently have mystical energy, and we have to amplify our mystical energy to harness the power of the wind, bro. What? I always wanted to be an airbender. If you were a bender, what kind would you be, Ben? I think I'd be an airbender. Yeah. I don't actually know. I feel like I always wanted to be a firebender because I'm also a Slytherin, so it's like the want to be a mm -hmm. firebender, but I think I'm a waterbender. Yeah, Heather and I had this conversation last night. Heather's definitely a firebender. Oh, 100%. I'm a water. I'm an airbender. Heather's 100% a firebender. Oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Um, assignment number three is dangerous diversions. Your communication gets interrupted by the adult baby, and she threatens to stop you uh. at any cost. However, no. however, she also has no idea where her baby is. She's also trying <gasps> to find her baby. So we have to get to her baby first. And to get them off your trail, you go to the Zen Rock Garden and call Wade there. So Wade has placed a fake clue as to where the baby baby is going to hopefully lead the adult baby in the wrong direction. We're going to Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hope it works. So assignment number four is very similar to our questions game, which is um, data hunt. The goal mm -hmm. is that KP is trying to find a weakness of the killer robots. So we go right to where they, we were leading them. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. We input into the communicator what figure is on the top of the Japan's castle at the back of the pavilion. And uh, that was easy. That was it. Pretty much. 
Excellent. Um, assignment number five is called The Flame Game. Baby baby messed with fire and it didn't really work, so she got sad and cried all over the lanterns. Now there's no fire anywhere in Japan. Aw, sad firebender. And I quote, channel your supernatural fire, powers of fire to retort... Hold. And I quote, channel your supernatural power of fire to restore the elemental balance of Japan and light the lantern. Because again, we now also have supernatural powers. We're the avatar. It's fine. Here we go. Now we have baby tears so we can track the baby better. Again, do robots have genetics? Who knows? Beats me. Assignment number six. This is the last assignment. Is clean up on kiosk nine. You have to find the baby. She's literally trapped in the display because her battery died messing with the elements. Ben, I don't know. I don't understand this story. You know, baby robots' batteries aren't fully developed yet. It only makes sense. Because <laughs> they grow like human beings. So we have to fix the baby. Um, and like I said before, the, the robot babies have to be perfect. They can't, they can't settle for any imperfection. So... If the baby is misbehaving, they ha- they're a bad mom. Bad mom. Aww, which means that they have mom. an imperfection. And it destroys their systems. Oh. There goes the BBs. Goodbye, BBs. So, yeah. That's uh, that's the Kim Possible World Showcase adventure in uh, not a awesome. nutshell, because I went through it pretty vividly. Yeah. And so the technology with that is basically just Samsung flip phones. It was simply a text signal that's crazy so that's that um and this is the the see the first in a series of in park interactive games and scavenger hunts um yeah kind of cool you know boost the immersion a little bit so as always please follow us on all the things on instagram at q underscore two underscore q on facebook on facebook at q two q the word to um on twitter it's so hard to remember at twitter um <laughs> at q to q i wish they were all uniform but all the the, the urls were taken um yeah. and then please like the posts that we always post share the post with mm-hmm. your friends follow us on spotify that's um, a big one and yeah do all the fun stuff that you're that that we ask you to do please we're trying here yeah let us know how we did um let us know what you guys would like to hear more of i love doing this kind of research i think it's really i said to ben earlier uh, i love an excuse to research something that doesn't matter yep it's pretty great it's the most fun research it's the ones i'm most motivated to do for no reason just because it's it doesn't matter, so there's no pressure, and it's really it's really great. The only pressure is to entertain you guys and Ben. Mostly Ben. Yeah. He's the only one I know is going to listen to this. That's true. I do listen. <laughs> so anyway, um, make sure that you assume we will try to figure out uh, the ratio of fun town to splash town. Uh, yes, that is the most important ratio in mathematics. And uh, if you get, hey, this is motivation to get your friends and make people listen. We'll get some merch. You too can have a shirt that says "Good to a Sue." Yeah. Or if you are crazy about Q to Q, we would love to make you some T-shirts. I want T-shirts. Yeah, I want T-shirts too. Basically, just do it so we can justify making ourselves T-shirts. <laughs> and with that, we will see you guys. Or- you will hear us next week? That sounds like a threat. Yeah. 
you will hear from us in one week. <laughs> Bye. Nah, but seriously, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. <laughs>